Shabbat Shalom, brothers and sisters. Thank you for joining me today on Let's Talk Torah. I am your host, Lee Hood, and it's such a blessed, wonderful day to have you with us. I, I praise you all for this opportunity to, to dive into the word reviews, to fellowship reviews, and just to see in the Sabbath for reviews. So I'd like to say thank you to everybody that's joining us. Shabbat Shalom, Wirewall. Thank you very much. Between the River and the Raven, Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for being here. Rivka as well, thank you very much for joining us. Such a blessing to have you all here with us today. So today we'll be looking at Devarim, the first book, uh, the first portion of the book uh, Deuteronomy or Devarim. And with me today, I have Robert Wagner joining us. For those who have been watching, he was with me on uh, two weeks ago doing Pincus, and it was uh, such a great show. He's got such uh, wisdom and uh, he's got such a heart for you. So I really am looking forward to doing this with him. So I will bring him in. Shabbat shalom, Robert. Shabbat shalom, Lee. How are you today, my brother? Oh, I'm very good. Very good. Looking forward to this. Looking forward to working with you. Always. Thank you so much for having me today. Shabbat shalom to everybody out there. Shabbat shalom. Looks like we've got quite a few people here with us. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Looks like we've got quite a lot here, so that's great. That is wonderful to see. So for those who do not know, uh, Robert will be having will be starting his own show this week um, on Wednesday night on Heart of the Tribe YouTube channel, and it will be at 7 p.m. EST and 12 p.m. UK time. So, don't know, Robert, if you just want to give us a brief discussion about what that will be, what people might have to look forward to. Yeah, thanks, Lee. I appreciate that. So, yeah, every Wednesday night, starting this coming Wednesday the 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I'm going to try to go for about an hour every night every Wednesday night, and we're going to start off using my life as a sounding board uh, of the, the type of life that I've led and how the scriptures are involved with that. And we're, I'm going to start with that. I'm going to try to do a 10-part series on that. Uh, one of the things I'm going to do also is I'm going to uh, introduce an email into my show that people can email me and you can you'll be able to email me with either scriptures you want to go over uh, pertaining to the subject matter the subject matter is going to be obviously I am saved by grace and as you've heard me speak before or maybe if you haven't seen me before I've lived a rough life in my past and I was saved out of that pit of that pit God pulled me up out of, and I was an atheist, and I had alcohol problems, and I had a lot of a lot of issues. And so um, I'm going to be using that and talking about scripture. So within that email, you'll be able to email me with scriptures of problems you're having in your life. Um, maybe you'll be able to relate to the stuff that I'm talking about. Maybe you'll have questions as to how how I've managed to stay alive, <laughs> you know, through everything that I went through, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, um, you know, the format's going to be kind of, um, you know, I haven't quite gotten it nailed down yet, Lee. I, it's it's kind of something new. I've told my story before, but I've never talked about my life and put scripture with it. I've never, I've never done those two things before. I think it's going to be really interesting. And the whole idea is if I can help one person, if 
I can help one person with whatever struggles of addiction that they're having um, through my own experiences and through the scripture, then, I mean, that that's what we're shooting for. So it's going to be very interesting, probably be pretty entertaining. I'm going to throw it out there, Lee. I'm an open book, and I'm telling you, I've lived a rough life, not as rough as others, but rougher than some, right? Uh, you know, and I'm going to throw it out there. I'm I'm going to be honest about everything that I've been through. So you may start looking at me a little bit differently <laughs> when I start talking about all this stuff. But I'm going to lay it out there so that you guys can see that no matter what condition we came up with, we can be saved by God's grace, by Yah's grace. It's going to be fun. No, it, it definitely sounds like at a... I remember when you speak about the idea a few weeks ago, I just I just thought that that would be such a blessing to many people that are going through troubles, additions, that are in such a difficult period in their life, seeing how you came out of it and how scripture helped you. I think um, it's a wonderful idea. And, and I'm sure nobody will be judging you at all. We're not here to judge. We don't judge no man. And we've all had our walk in the past, and we are all born new in the Ruach, in that bloody Yahusha. So... Uh, I don't believe anybody will be judging you, and I'm sure it'll be such a blessing to people. And really, I'm really enjoying listening to um, James and Lee Carruthers talk about where they came from as well, and I'll, I'll be very yeah. interested to listen to where you came from because me and you, we have a bit of a similar past in a sense, both atheists, both you yeah. know, weren't on this path, and um, and now we've both got wonderful wives that are got such hearts for y'all and it's it's just uh, yeah. we've just been blessed we've just been pulled out of that pit and blessed so i saved. really am looking forward to that yeah saved by grace and that's the other thing i'm kicking it around the idea lee of once i get going with the series and then possibly and probably we'll maybe have some guests on like i i know that you know out there in wales it's 12 o'clock you know midnight when my show comes on so maybe or maybe not be able to have you on as a guest but but uh, i'm kicking that idea around too or maybe do some pre-recording and then kind of use that as an interview you know uh, so we're gonna do all sorts of fun stuff and you know no i'll, I'll definitely be uh be open to joining you it'll be uh be really uh really uh um such a blessing i think that show so uh leah Real quick, I hate to, to break into your time. This is your show, but uh, Shell is uh, wondering if we should play the introduction to my show. I, do you, no, do I, you, I, I meant to ask you that before, of course. It's, it's dramatic, folks. I tell you what, man. And just so you know, real quick, so Kat, Lee's wife, who does almost all of our videos because she, she is so talented and such a wonderful, wonderful person, did this introduction for my new show, Say by Grace, and it's dramatic. And I love it. It's awesome. You could play it. Go ahead, play it. Yeah. Catherine, are you able to do that? If she's I know she's listening. Um or I might be able to. Do I need to change what yeah. brand? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, Catherine's on it. Catherine's doing it. Thanks, Kat. <laughs> yeah, too.
That is that is dramatic, man. I love That's it. <laughs> powerful, isn't it? I remember when Catherine first showed me that. I was. It's powerful. It gets you. It gets you. It really oh, Steve get knocked you. out of the park with that one, folks. So, so that that explains my whole show right there, folks. I mean, that really just really gets it going. So, so I'm sorry to break into your time, Lee. No, not at all. Not at all, brother. Thank you for letting me share that. Thanks, Kat, for putting that on for us. That's awesome. No, really looking forward to that. Like I said, that's very powerful. And uh, myself, I have uh, my father was Scottish. So when I hear those bagpipes, they really do something inside to me. So um, uh, I love, love the bagpipes, man. Golly, it just gets when me. Right. They want to talk I, about making me smile. When they've done right, I've heard, um, yeah, it really is. It really is. You've done a great job there, Kat. Thank you for that. But yeah, yeah, those bagpipes, when they're done right, they're powerful. When they're not, yeah. I've got some stories, I tell you, about hearing the bagpipes not done well. But yeah, that looks, oh, I'm really excited for that. Really excited for that show. It's going to be, uh, really, it's going to be a blessing. I'm sure you're going to help many people with that. I'm sure you are. Awesome. So, um, all right, we'll begin with Debarim. So, Debarim, this is the first uh, portion then of the book of Deuteronomy or Debarim, and it's we'll be going through today chapter one one to three twenty two. The half Torah was Yeshayahu or Isaiah um, one one to twenty seven, and shall cover that last Sunday. And the better was Marcus or Mark fourteen one to sixteen, which shall both cover and did such a great job on those this week. So we'll be focusing solely on Debarim. The layout then for today is what we'll see in this chapter, in this uh, portion. We see it's a recap of the events that are taking place. We see us in one one. The events at Korob are re uh, recalled. Uh, one nine. We talk about the appointment of the tribe leaders. One nineteen. Yasharel uh, refused to enter the land. Then the penalty for that rebellion. We discussed the wilderness years, and then we see the defeat of King. Sihon and the defeat of King Og. So those will be what we're looking at today. So I'm just going to do a quick introduction as we are starting a new book into this book. So Debarim, as if you watch Shell this week, you'll know it comes from the word Debar, meaning word, Debarim, meaning words. And it's a summation of the 40 years spent uh, wandering the wilderness. It's believed that this book was finished by uh, Yahushua or Joshua as it includes Moshe's death at the end. And the name, we get the name Deuteronomy. It's a Greek name. And it comes from Deutero, which means second in Greek, and nomos, which means law in Greek. So it's it's that second law. It's a repeti repetition of the law. So that's where it gets the name Debarim. And along with the Psalms, it is one of the most quoted books by Yahusha. So it tells you the importance this book has with how much it has been used by Yahusha. And I'm not sure if you put these up, Catherine, but I just wanted to put them up. You really did do a great job there. Very talented. We are very talented. We're all very blessed to have you. So we thank you. So so oh Shabbat Shalom Nina. Thank you for joining us. Such a blessing to have all our brothers and sisters here with us. Oh, Shabbat Shalom, Doug. Good to see you, brother. Hope you're feeling better. Love to see you um, with us in all our shows. Oh, Shabbat Shalom, Stephen. And Shabbat Shalom, Rebecca. Did, I missed that before, so good to see you. So, 
as we spoke of, Yahushua used Deborim to rebuke Hasatan in the wilderness. We see this in, in Matthew chapter 4, and then it's from Deuteronomy quote. So the first time we see 4 4. Uh, but he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds forth. Um, sorry, my laptop just making a noise out of the mouth of Yahweh. And then he's quoting there Deuteronomy 8 3. And he humbled you and suffered you to hunger and fed you with manna which you knew not, neither did your father know that he might make it make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of Yahweh man lives. We see there Yahushua quoting that. We see this power in the word and the next times. And obviously we will look at these in more detail when we get to it in the Torah portions, but I just wanted to go over this before we started. In Matthew 4, 7, Yahushua said unto him, it is written again, you shall not tempt Yahweh al He's quoting there Deuteronomy 6, 16. You shall not tempt Yahweh as you tempted him in Macha. And in Matthew 4, 10, then said Yahushua unto them, Get ye thence, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship Yahweh and him only shall you serve. And he is quoting there Deuteronomy 6, 13. You shall fear Yahweh and serve him and shall swear seven oaths by his name. So we see there how important this book is. Now, and when asked what was the greatest commandment in Matthew 22, 36 and 37, Yahushua says, Rabbi, what is the greatest commandment in the Torah? Yahushua said unto them, you shall love Yahweh with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. And I love that. And that's trying to uh, say that to my two-year-old, four-year-old and six-year-old every night. So they know that. And then. Um, and they're saying it back, which is lovely to know that they've got that writ on their hearts. It's, it's wonderful. And we see this from Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5. Hear, O Yasharel, Yahweh Yahweh Echad, Yahweh is one. And you shall love Yahweh with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. So when we look at the word itself. So the word Devarim means words, and it comes from the word Dabar, um, which is H1697, a word by implication of matter. That's just a shortened um, explanation for it, definition. And when we look at how it's spelled, we have the Dalek, which is the pathway, the entrance to move or the door. The bait, which is the house, dwelling, the tent or in. Resh is first, the head, the prince or that authority. The Yod is the arm or the hand, work or deed, worship or praise. And then it has the Mem on the end which is the blood of the water, mighty or chaos. So when we look at this word, we can see that we enter through the door of the house of the prince by his works and through his blood and water. And I just thought that was lovely, when, especially when Yahushua was the word made flesh. He is that living Torah, that walking, talking Torah. You know, and it's, it's through his works that we enter in. Yeah, isn't that awesome, Lee? We enter we the door of the house of the prince <clears throat> by his works and through his blood and water. I mean, that that's it right there. It says it all, doesn't it, brother? It certainly does. It certainly does. You know, it's we we need to be showing him that we love him through through our through our walk and through what we do. We show him we love him by keeping the commandments, but it's his work that saved us. It's it's his yeah. blood that washes us clean. Yeah, I love that. So 
now we will begin. And I've actually spent a bit of time <laughs> on these first verses because um, I was jumping into them and they really confused me. So let's have a look now. Deuteronomy 1, 1 and 2. These are the words which Moshe spoke unto all Yasharel on this side of the Yarden in the wilderness, in the plains over against the Red Sea, between Paran and Topel and Levan and Chasaroth and Di Zacha. So these are the 11 days journey from Korev by the way of Mount Seir unto Karash Barnu. So it's towards the end of Moshe's life. Uh, some commentaries have said it's the last two months of his life. And we say he wants to spend that remaining time making this record to the people of the time their wilderness journey. Oh, thank you, Rivka. Yeah, it's, it's so wonderful, isn't it? So wonderful when you see Yahusha in, in all these words. I just I just love it. You get excited. <laughs> um, so what's interesting about this verse is the use of the word Red Sea. And it appears that it's not actually referring to the Red Sea in the original text. So in the original text, the word is just suf, um, which is that H5489, meaning seaweed. So talking about seaweed. Now, this is the only time in scripture where this word suf has not been followed by yam, uh, which is the word for sea. So when uh, suf and yam are together, they say red sea. However, here it's just that suf. So um, I, I'm not sure if it's if it's a mistranslation uh, mm. because uh, it makes it seem like they're near the Red Sea, but they're actually not. So it may be um, referring to another body of water. Uh, but I just thought that was quite interesting. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, um, yeah, like I said, this is the only time where we see the Red Sea translated with just that suf word. Every other time it's suf yam, the Red Sea. So I'm not sure if there's anything in that, but um, mm. just thought that was interesting to bring out. Now, when I looked at these places, now some of these places uh, named are where major events took place, you know, where they grumbled, where they lost faith, where they sinned and went into idolatry. These these five places named Paran, Topel, Lavan, Chasaroth, and Di Zaha, um, reminding them of what prevented their fathers from entering to the promised land, exactly as a warning. However, other places here are not locations. Um, we went through all the locations last week in the Torah portion journeys, and some of these aren't on there. So I find it quite interesting that these aren't all locations where the people travel to or journey to or stopped at. Um, so I'm wondering if the use of these, as well as trying to explain uh, geographically where they are, are also trying to paint a picture of why the people didn't enter into the land so I may have spent a bit too much time on this. So when we look at Paran, so Paran, we see in Numbers 10, 12 and 11, 1. Um, and the children of Yasharal took their journey out of the wilderness of Sinai and the cloud rested in the wilderness of Paran. And when the children complained, it displeased Yahweh and Yahweh heard it and his anger was kindled and the fire of Yahweh burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost part of the camp. Verse two and three, and the people cried unto Moshe. And when Moshe prayed unto El Yahweh, the fire was quenched, and he called the name of the place Tevorah, because the fire of Yahweh burnt amongst them. So this place then, so the first stop they had after leaving Mount Sinai was in the wilderness of Paran. 
and we see that straight away they complained. They complained about the manner and, and what they were eating. Shabbat Shalom, Jennifer. Thank you for joining us. So I believe that the use of this name is just to remind the people of, of that complaining that their forefathers had. Now next, Topel. Now Topel is not a location mentioned on the stop of Yasharel. And it's actually, I think this may be the only time it's actually used in scripture. So this, this name Topel. We see it's H8603. It means a quagmire, a place near the desert. And it comes from the word Tafel, which means uh, to smear, plaster, slime, uh, foolish things, unsavory, untempered. So I had to look what a quagmire was. I did, I'll be honest, I didn't know what a quagmire was. <laughs> yeah. and, it, and it said it's a soft, boggy area of land yeah. that gives away underfoot. So yeah. possibly I was thinking it could be reflective of the people and their faith. Their faith wasn't on that firm ground. Therefore, when difficulty arose, their faith gave away to murmuring, rebelliousness and foolishness. And we'll see some of that come up today. Like Yahusha said, we need to be have our house built on that solid foundation. Now, Laven, again, this is not a location that was described on their journey. And obviously it comes from the word Laban, uh, a place in the desert. So it's possible this could be alluding to the time that Yaakov spent with Laban and how he was deceived. The root word is also the same word that is used for a plague. Um, in Leviticus 13, when it's talking about leprosy, when they'll be white, it's that word levan, the root word. And we also see this word used in uh, Yeshayahu 118, when it says, your sins were a scarlet, they'll be whiter than snow. We see this word white, this levan. So I uh, thought that was quite interesting. And in Genesis 11, 3, when they're talking about the construction of Babel, uh, to make bricks, the word is actually Laban that's used. So I thought all those were quite interesting. So therefore, we can possibly see deception and rebellion in this word. We can also see the redemption and salvation of Yah from our sins through, through him making our sins white as snow. Like I said, I, I was curious as to why these words were used. So I did jump in and have a look. Um, like I say, it could just be for geographical purposes to let them us know where about they were. But I always feel like if something's there, if there's a name there, it might have more meaning for us. Now, absolutely, Lee. I mean, everything, every single word in the scriptures is there for a reason. Every yeah. single word. So I appreciate you taking the time and and looking over those words. It's very interesting. Uh I, th I think typically that kind of stuff we would just read over and just keep on reading. So it's interesting to look at what some of that could be could be talking about. Yeah. Well, I, I think in the past as well, it's something that I've looked over. Um, so then when I've seen them, I, I assumed that they were places where they stopped. But when I couldn't find the, most of these words used... It made me jump in a bit deeper. And uh, Rivka is saying the Midrash agrees that these places are to remind of what happened so you don't repeat the sin. Oh, thank you, Rivka. So that's it. Yah always wants to remind us of yeah. what we've done in the past. So Very important. So the next one, uh, Chatsaref, 
And this is a place in Palestine. And this means the word means settlement, but this is actually where they did stop and where an event took place. This location was where Miriam and Aharon spoke against Moshe, which is in Numbers 11.35. It says, And the people journeyed from Karat Ha-Tava unto Chasareth and abode at Chasareth. And Miriam and Moshe spoke against Moshe, or Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moshe because of the Cushite woman he had married, for he had married a Cushite woman. And we see in verse 9 and 10, And the anger of Yahweh was kindled against them, and he departed, and the cloud departed from off the tabernacle. And behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aharon looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. So we see, we see here this plan that an event did take at this location. An event did take place where they spoke out against Moshe, and we see that um, Miriam became leprous because of it. And now the final location is the uh, Zaha, um, and we see that the definition of this place is enough gold. It says a place on the border of Moab, and again, this is not a location that's mentioned as one of their locations or their stops. So I thought that you know enough gold. It's it's possible that this could have been alluding to that worship of the golden calf at Mount Sinai. We've seen that they they gathered all the the gold together, and Aharon he built that golden calf they worshipped while Moshe was on Mount Sinai. We see that in Ju uh, in Exodus 32, 2 to 4. And Aharon said unto him, Break off your golden earrings, which are in ears of your women and your sons, your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people broke off the golden earrings, which were in their ears, and brought them unto Aharon. And he received them at the hand and fashioned it with a uh, graving tool, and he made it a molten calf. So, again, we see it's possible that this could have been alluding to that where they went off into idolatry. So then, verse 3 and 4. And it came to pass in the 40th year, in the 11th month, in the first day of the month, that Moshe spoke unto the children of Yashorel, according unto all that Yahweh had given him in the commandment unto them, after he had slain Sihon, the king of the Emarim, which dwelt in Shezbon, and Og, the king of Bashom, which dwelt at the Ashtaroth in Edir. So there we go. We have confirmation now. This is the 40th year of the wilderness. And these were giants, the ones that caused the 12 spies to bring back that evil report. And again, it's a reminder of why the fathers didn't enter into the land. And Yah is reminding them of the faithlessness that they had and what had happened as a result of it. On this side of the Yardon, in the land of Moab, began Moshe to declare this Torah. That's verse 5. So, sorry, I'm just reading that comment. Yeah, yeah. it is interesting, Rivka, it certainly yeah. is. Yeah, it's a good point, isn't it? <laughs> it certainly is. See, uh, we, uh, we don't have, uh, we see there that Moshe didn't have that faith in himself did he but Yah knew what he was capable of and sometimes we have that in our lives we you know Yah might put us forward to do something like you know give, giving um you this urge to do your bring forth your new show and if you're like myself and Catherine we both felt like we weren't ready to do anything like this or come online or speak to anybody I don't even like phoning people um, but but Yah knows what we're able to do and we yeah. need to have that faith and if any of you have watched my shows, you know now that I don't shut up sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, uh, so we see verse five on this side of the Yardon in the land of Moab began Moshe to declare this Torah saying, so we have an introduction now to the book of the law. Moshe declares the Torah and we see the word that is the, uh, the word for declare here is Ba'ah. Now I like this word. This, um, this is only used several times in scripture and it, it means to dig, to engrave. Um, and we see this word used in Habakkuk 2.2. When it says, and Yahweh answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon sapphires that you may, that he may run. <laughs> Thank you, Rivka, that he may run, that reads it. So we see the word associated with writing. And Moshe was trying to make this tour written on the people's hearts. I just like this word. And I like where it's, um, the word that it actually comes from. It actually comes from the word, same spelling. Um, it's the same spelling. Uh, but this word means a pit, a well, you know, well of water or a spring. So when we see the Torah, we know we know the word is it's referred to as water and rain. Deuteronomy 32, 2, Moshe says, My doctrine shall drop as the rain, my speech shall distill as the dew. And we know that Yahusha, the Torah made flesh, uh, told us of that fountain of living water. John 4, 14, but whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And I, I did a study on this a while ago. So just when I seen this word pop up, I thought it was very interesting, this Ba'ah, because it's only used in uh, three places. So I thought it was quite interesting to, to see that word. He's talking about declaring um, the word, the Torah, and we see how it, it comes from a word for well, had that association with water. So I just thought it was quite interesting to uh, to bring those up. Now, I'm just going to let you know, cha chapters two and three, I don't go into as much detail as I am on this chapter. So don't be thinking it's going to be a four hour show. <laughs> <laughs> I can see Catherine downstairs going, oh, he's on one again. But no, don't worry, it's not going to be that long. So verse 6, Yahweh Elkenu spoke unto us in Korav, saying, You have dwelt long enough in this mount. So the people had been at Mount Sinai since the, the third month of the first year until the second month of the second year. Now, when I was going for this, I didn't actually realize they'd been at Mount Sinai that long. Um, I thought, for some reason in my mind, I assumed that when they got the commandments, when Moshe came down that second time, that they went somewhere else. But we read uh, in Exodus 19.1, in the third month, when the children of Yashua were gone forth out of the land of Mitzrayim, the same day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. So we see that's when they enter. And then Numbers 10.11 says, And it came to pass on the 20th day of the second month, in the second year, the cloud was taken up from off the tabernacle of the testimony, and the children of Yashua took their journey out of the wilderness of Sinai, and the cloud rested in the wilderness of Paran. Uh, so I didn't realize, but obviously they spent uh, this time at Sinai in the wilderness at the Mount uh, where they were given the law. You know, Moshe spent 80 days up there because he had to come down and go back up for another 40. And obviously once he came down, they constructed the tabernacle there. So obviously it makes sense, but I just, it was just something that I, I never really thought of before. I just assumed that once he came down, they, they went on their journeys, but no, they, so it's just something that I had missed when I first read through it. So verse seven and eight. 
Turn you and take your journey and go to the Mount of the Emerim and unto all the places nigh therein, into the plain, in the hills, and in the valley, and in the Negev, and by the sea, into the land of the Kenaim, and into Lebanon, unto the great river, the river Peref. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which Yahweh swore seven oaths unto your fathers, Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, to give unto them and to their seed after them. So we see that this, that Yah had sworn this land to the people. And that word for, for sworn is Shabbat. And it's uh, to properly, to complete, but used. Um, so we see that seven oneself, that is to swear. We So we, this is where we get that seven oaths from. Um, and this was sworn to us, the seed of Abraham. This promised land was sworn to us. We see this is the word that's used when he speaks to Abraham. And I spoke unto you at that time, saying, I'm not able to bear you myself alone. The Yahweh Hekar has multiplied you, and behold, you are this day as the stars of heaven for multitude. The Yahweh of your fathers makes you a thousand times so many more as you are, and bless you as he has promised you. How can I myself alone bear the cumbrance and your burden and your strife? So Moshe has carried their sins and their burdens for 40 years. Uh, it's a heavy weight as when you go through, you see all the times where they where they murmured, where they complained, where they were rebellious. And it was Moshe who was that intermediary that was getting it from them. And then he was going to Yar and he was praying to Yar and he was he was pleading with Yar to forgive the people. And we've seen this uh, alluded to in Numbers 27, 23, when he puts both hands on Yahusha when anointing him. He gives him like that double blessing, that double portion. And we see that Yah has kept his promise in multiplying the number of the children of Yasharel, as he told them, as he told Abraham, you'll be as the, the sand on the seashore and as the stars in the sky. We see that now that they have become a great multitude. So verse 13, take ye wise men and understanding and known among your tribes, and I'll make them rulers over you. So here we here we see Moshe now stipulate stipulates the appoint rulers and these rulers that help deal with this strife among the tribes and to bear that burden so he's not alone in in hearing all the disputes and the complaints and what's interesting is that we're given specific characteristics that these men must have so the first one is um is wise we see this h2450 chacham chacham means wise cunning subtle wise-hearted and when we break it down we have that het which is that wall or fence separation we have the calf which is that palm or open hand allow or to tame and the mem which is the blood or water or mighty or chaos yeah we should and we're definitely not doing that rivka are we we're not got wise and understanding men ruling our countries at the moment it really is there upside down. So when we look at this, then we say that those that are separated and remain tame through the chaos that surrounds them. So that's one way of looking at these words, that, that these, these men need to be able to be calm and tame when they're surrounded by the chaos, if they're to be wise leaders. And for us, we see that we become separated through the open hand and the waters and the blood and we see that with ourselves that we are taken out we are separated from this word for, world through yahusha 
he is that right hand of your now the next one is bean and we see this has got a long uh, definition but we see some of the words uh, to understand diligently to have intelligence to have understanding that is what these people are to be um, we see this is the bait, which is the house, the inn, the tent, or the dwelling. We have the yod again, which is the arm or the hand, work or deed or praise or worship. And we have the nun, which is the sun, the air, seed, or life. So when we look at this, it could be those that enter into the house who know the works of the sun. So those, the only people that really have that true understanding, I know that it's through Yahushua's blood that we are saved, that it's only through Yahushua that we enter in to the house. Um, and in Isaiah 11, 2, we see these both these words used when uh, talking about those seven ruachs. You know, it says, and the ruach Yahweh shall rest upon him, the ruach Chokma and the ruach Binya. So that's wisdom and understanding. And that's what we see here that these rulers are to have. I think it's very important that we see that it was stated to us the kind of people that we should be trusting um, and it's what we should be like ourselves. We should make sure that we are we are wise and we have understanding and that we are living these ways this way as well. So the final characteristic that um, is used is that they should be known among the tribes. And that word is Yada. It's H3045. And the definition then is to know, to know, to learn, to know, to perceive and see. But it's also to be known Um to be an acquaintance for someone to know you so so those people are to have knowledge but they're also to be known amongst their tribes and communities they're supposed to be like a focal figure that someone someone knows and we see it's a yod the arm the hand the work or deeds we see the dalit again which is the door the pathway the entrance and we see the iron which can be the eye which can be no hate or experience so we see that these people these known people the works of those on the pathway lead to knowing the truth. And uh, Habakkuk 2.14 says, For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of Yahweh as the waters of the, that cover the sea. And we, we all want that knowledge. We want to be washed in that sea of knowledge. We are. So a bit of reading now. So verse 14 onwards. And he answered me and said, The thing which you have spoken is good for us to do. So I took the chief of your tribes, wise men and no men, and made them heads over you, captains of thousands and captains of hundreds and captains of over fifties and captains over tens and officers among your tribes. And I charged your judges at that time, saying, Hear the causes between your brethren and judge righteously between every man and his brother and the stranger that is with you. You shall not respect persons in judgment, but you shall hear the small as well as the great. You shall not be afraid of the face of man, for the judgment is Elohim's and the cause that is too hard for you. Bring it unto me and I will hear it. And I, com I commanded you at that time all things that you should do. So in this, we see that we are to be just. These, these people were to be just and they were not to show favoritism, but to treat all people equally. And we have several scriptures here that say that it says defend the poor and fathers do justice to the afflicted and needy deliver the poor and needy rid them out of the hand of the wicked proverbs 22 22 and 23 rob not the poor because he is poor neither oppress the afflicted in the gate 
for Yahweh will plead their cause and spoil the soul of those that spoiled them. Second Chronicles 19 verse 4 on to 7. And so this is an example here. King Jehoshaphat dwelt at Jerusalem, and he went out again through the people from Beersheba to Mount Ephraim and brought them back into El Yahweh El Chai of their fathers. And he set judges in the land throughout all the fenced cities of Yahudah city by city and said to the judges, take heed what you do, for you judge not for man, but for Yahweh, who is with you in the judgment. Wherefore, now let the fear of Yahweh be upon you. Take heed and do it, for there is no iniquity with Yahweh nor respect the persons, nor taking of gifts. I think this is really, really important for our time because we see all around us the injustice that's going on. We don't see justice. We don't see fair justice around. We don't. We see people being oppressed continually, especially with these restrictions that have been placed on us. We see, you know, as common people, um, as peasants or whatever they like to see us as or call us, have to keep to these, whereas they go and live a life of luxury, breaking their own rules. It really is, um, it's, it's against yours way, you know, we shouldn't, it doesn't matter a person's stature, it doesn't matter a person's um, knownness or wealth, each person should be treated equally. And we don't see that in the world which we live. And we, there was a time when this was the case in Israel, in Yasharal, where this wickedness uh, took over and where they would take bribes. We read of it in Amos 5.12. For I know your manifold transgressions and your mighty sins. They afflict the just. They take a bribe and they turn aside the poor in the gate from the right. Micah 3.11. The heads therefore judge for reward and the priests therefore teach for hire and the prophets therefore divine for money. Yet will they lean upon Yahweh and say, It is not Yahweh among us, none evil can come upon us. And Micah 7 3, that they may do evil with both hands earnestly. The prince asks, and the judge asks for a reward. And the great man, he utters his mischievous de desires. So that they wrap it up. And we see in this world, they say, If you have money, you can get whatever you want. You can, you're, the law doesn't apply to you if, if you're rich. And we definitely see that. And, and this clearly was a problem back then. And it's a result of why the judgment, Yahweh brought that judgment on, on Yasharel, the northern and the southern kingdom, and why they were taken away. Yeah, isn't it amazingly the old saying, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer? I mean, it's always been true, hasn't it? Always it been true. It certainly hasn't. And, and this time when people, I know especially in America, there were many people that couldn't work these past few years. But then these billionaires just getting more and more money and that's not that's not what y'all wanted that's not how he, he he doesn't ask his kingdom to be so separated like that he wanted things to be more uh uh more fair yeah all right we're supposed to be there for each other aren't we we're supposed to be helping each other but you just see people now looking out for themselves wanting to get themselves ahead and it doesn't matter who they step on to do it that's right and especially with these restrictions that came in, you see the big corporations, the big companies being able to be open and flourish and do business, whereas the small shop on the corner, you know, they had to close. They they weren't deemed, I um, can't think of what the word is now, but they, they were, weren't essential. They weren't right. essential. These big companies were, and uh, it's definitely a problem we've seen here. And 
a lot of people went out of business and it, it's really uh it's really heartbreaking i know we where we live there since we moved here four years ago there'd been a little a little bakery on the corner a few doors down when a woman had been there for so long but then after these restrictions she had she closed up she had a sign on the door and it was heartbreaking it said she'd been there for over 20 years and she had to she had to close it she couldn't keep it going anymore and it really is heartbreaking when you you see that yeah it is heartbreaking so one interesting thing though is that we are told that this was actually one of the wicked practices that took place in Sodom and Gomorrah or Sodom and Gomorrah um you find it in the book of Joshua, but first we read in Ezekiel how the people in Sodom and Gomorrah had an abundance. We're told in 1649, behold, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread and abundance of idleness was in her, hand, in her and her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. And when we read the book of Joshua, I've only got a bit here, but this is from chapter 18. We read how they got this wealth. It says, and when a stranger came into their cities and brought goods which he had purchased with a view to dispose of there, the people of these cities, which is, would assemble men, women, children, young and old, and go to the man and take his goods by force, giving a little to each man until there was an end of all his goods of the owner which had brought them into the land. And if the owner of the goods quarreled with them, each would show, so to Mr. Verse there, but it says, each would show him the little which they took and taunt him, saying, I only took that little which you gave me and when he heard this from them all he would arise and go from them in sorrow and bitterness of soul and they would arise and go after him and drive him out of the city with a great noise and tumult and there's also uh, there's also more in joshua where it actually talks about the judges they wouldn't they would go in favor of the people of the land and and these people that traveled in these these strangers these these newcomers the judge would never go in favor of them and we see we see it with this you know they would all go against them and they would take off them and they would just be uh, filling themselves and taking from this person coming in. And like I say, this is what we're seeing in this world today. So I thought that was quite interesting. Then we see that link with Saddam and Imora. And obviously we know what happened for them, the destruction that came. And it's, and we're told that this world again, it's going to be like Saddam and Imora with the judgment to come. So Deuteronomy there, uh, so verse 19 to 21. And when we departed from Korav, we went through all the great and terrible wilderness, which you saw by the way of the mountain of the Emerine, as Yahweh commanded us, and we came to Kadesh Banu. And I said unto you, you are come unto the mountain of the Emerine, which Yahweh gives unto us. Behold, Yahweh has set the land before you. Go up and possess it, as Yahweh of your fathers has said unto you, fear not, neither be discouraged. And I find this very interesting because I was looking at this last week after I've done the show, and it seems like the message from so many people this week has been fear not. I spoke about it last night. I know James spoke about it on Wednesday. I know uh, many people have been putting messages forth in, in multiple different groups about not having fear. So I just found this very uh, interesting that this is what we're on this week as well, and it talks about that. So we're to have faith in Yah. We're... We are to not to fear or be discouraged and believe and trust in him. Jeremiah, or Yeremiahu, chapter 30, verse 10 says, Therefore fear ye not, O my servant Yaakov, says Yahweh. Neither be dismayed, O Yasharel, for lo, I will save you from afar 
and your seed from the land of their captivity. And Yaakov shall return and shall be in rest and be quiet and none shall make him afraid. And we're going to have a quick look now. Just a brief one. Some verses on not fearing. Joshua 1.9 Have not I commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. For Yahweh is with you wheresoever you go. Proverbs, uh, Psalms 27 verse 1 to 3. Yahweh is my light and my Yeshua. Whom shall I fear? Yahweh is my strength for my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, come upon me to eat of my flesh, they stumble and fell. Though a host should camp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. And Luke 12, 32. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And we're to not have that fear. We're to, make, we're to have faith, not fear. Like I say, I feel like that's very it's an important message that's come forth this week. So carrying back on now in Deuteronomy. And if anybody um hasn't seen James's uh, Mercy Port 4 from Wednesday, I recommend going to watch it either on Heart of the Tribe or on Between the River and the Ravens, where he's talking about this this fear. And um in mine and my and Catherine's show last night. On our YouTube channel or on Heart of the Tribes, we also look at that fear as well. So verse 22 to 23. And ye came near unto me, every one of you, and said, We will send men before us, and they shall search out the land and bring us word again by that which you must go, and unto what cities we shall come. And the saying pleased me well, and I took 12 men of you, one of a tribe. So what we see here is this idea of the spies was the people's idea. It was the people's, um, their suggestion to Moshe. It was not yours, which is really, which is why it failed. And we see that it pleased Moshe. He says, it pleased me. But it doesn't please you. It didn't please you. They were told to go and take, not to spy out, to walk out in blind faith. Yah told them to go and take, not to go and spy out the land. We see that it's about that blind faith. We see that in John 20, 29. Yahushua said unto him, to Om, because you have seen, you have believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Second Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. And First Peter 1, 8 and 9, whom having not seen, ye love in whom, though now you see not yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith even the salvation of your souls and and that's what it's all about really you know we're we're to have that faith and to believe and there's many people that always they have to see the evidence they have to they have to see the discoveries the archaeological discoveries or they have to see the record and people talking about yahusha but but we know we have that faith we, we believe it and feel it inside and that's really what we are to have that blind faith is something i'm going to talk about a lot uh in my show that's a big part of my story and i think it should be a big part of everybody's life it's hard lee isn't it it's really hard to have that blind faith because we're humans in the flesh but that blind faith as always has always led me in the direction that yah has intended me to 
But every time I go by my own faith, I've gone in the wrong direction. Yeah, no, yeah no, right? it's, it's certainly. And um, like I say, I, I had a similar background to you. I was I was an atheist. I didn't believe, um, and I was always, you know, looking for evidence in certain things, and and yep. um, you know, right. But now. I have that faith that, you know, Yar has given me that light inside, that faith inside to, like you say, to to not follow after the flesh, not listen to the flesh, but listen to the Ruach and have that blind faith. Amen. Amen. Looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to your show, just so you know. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. So, back in Deuteronomy, verse 24 to 26. And they turned and went up into the mount and came into the valley of Eshcon and searched it out. And they took of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down unto us and brought us word again and said, It is a good land which Yahweh Elohenu gives us. Notwithstanding, you would not go up, but rebelled against the commandment of Yahweh Elohenu. Remember, they, they went there and they got these big, massive clusters of grapes and, they, and the land was good. But when they seen the people, they feared. They said, we are like grasshoppers in their eyes and... We see how rebellion is compared to witchcraft, and I do talk about this a lot. This First uh, Samuel fifteen twenty two and twenty three, when it talks about Saul and how he didn't listen to Yah and do what Yah commanded, but instead he spared uh, the king of the Amalekim. Um, and Samuel says to him, "For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry, because you have rejected the word of Yahweh." He has also rejected you from being king. And I think that's quite an important message there, you know, because that because his chosen king that he chose rejected his word. Yah rejected him. And when we know that Yahushua is the word, it's it's so important that we do not reject him and what he did for us. Now, the word for rebelled is Mara, and I'm sure some of you will be familiar with this word Mara. It's H4784. It means to be bitter, disobedient, disobey grievously, provocation, provoke. And it is, um, it's spelt the same as that word for which Naomi gives herself the name in, in the book of Ruth. She calls herself Mara because she's now bitter. And we see it's the same spelling of those bitter waters as well. Exodus 15, 23 and 24, and they came to Marah. They could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, they called the place Marah. And the people murmured against Moshe, saying, what shall we drink? So we see this murmuring, this bitterness and rebellion all linked together. And we must be careful not to murmur and become rebellious, making our waters, that living water that Yahushua offers us, bitter. So we need to be careful no matter what situation we're in how difficult it is that we do not murmur and speak ill of Yah and um, and question him and and start to rebel because that that questioning that murmuring becomes turns quickly into rebellion verse 27 and you murmured in your tents it is it really is it is interesting how we see that correlation there between the both of them. Um, and it's just when we start to get bitter against maybe things that happen in our life, then it's quick that that then can turn to rebellion. And as we're told, rebellion is of witchcraft. And I don't want to be considered to be doing any witchcraft. Yeah. 
So verse 27, and you murmured in your tent and said, because Yahweh hated us, he has brought us forth out of the land of Mitzrayim to deliver us into the hand of the Amorim to destroy us. So the people murmured against Yah, started to say, Yahweh hated us. And I know, well, I'm sure that some of us, um, either us in our past lives or know people around us that have had difficult situations where things aren't going well and they've started to question Yah and they said, Yah hates us. Why does Yah hate me so much? Why does these things happen to us? But we all know that's not true. We know that Yah loves all his children. We see First John 4, 16. And we have known and believed the love that Elohim has to us. Elohim is love. And he that dwells in love dwells in Elohim and Elohim in him. And I love that Elohim is love. When you think Yahweh is love, Yahweh Ahava, because Ahava is the Hebrew word for love. And I just think that just sounds so wonderful, that Yahweh Ahava. And in John 3, 16, for Elohim so loved the world that he gave his Yahid, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So we must remember that when we have these difficult situations, these troublesome times, to not blame Yah, to not question Yah, to to not think why why do you hate me Yah? What's got what am I doing wrong? We just we need to keep having like you said that blind faith and remember that Yah loved us. That's why Yahusha was sent to the world. Amen, Rivka. Hebrews twelve fifteen. See it. See to it that no man fails to obtain the grace of Elohim, and that that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble and it may become defiled. So thank you very much for that, Rivka. You're always bringing some great scriptures every show. Such a blessing to have you with us. <laughs> so, so Deuteronomy now. So, okay, so whether shall we go, our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying the people are greater and taller than we. The cities are great and walled up to heaven and more for we have the sons of the Amakalim there. So they question Yah, they speak evil of his character, and they're, they're causing this doubt in the people. We see that it spreads around the camp, and like we spoke about the past few weeks, how sin spreads around like a plague, this doubt, this rebellion, it all spreads around like a plague, and fear spreads like a plague, and they're all intertwined, and all of them lead us from Yah, so we need to be careful. So the word for Anakim is H6062, and it's defined as long-necked. And uh, these were a tribe of giants that dwelt in the land of Canaan. So we see that the people, they seen the giants, and they were afraid. So verse 29 to 31. Then I said unto you, dread not, neither be afraid of them. Yahweh which goes before you, he shall fight you for you according to all that he did for you in Mitzrayim before your eyes, and in the wilderness where you have seen, where we have seen how that Yahweh bore you as a man bears his, his son, in all the way that you went until you come into this place. And now, so I love this because we see that wonderful character now of Yah. He's described as a father who bears his son in how he will love and protect us. We see that. And this word is nasa, and it means to lift up, to bear, to carry, to take. And we see this in Isaiah 40, verse 11. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arms and carry. That word carry is nasa, them in his bosom, and they shall gently lead those 
that are with Young. And I just think this is just wonderful. They had these giants in the land. They they had so much there, but they needed to realise and have the faith that Yah would lift them up and, and carry them and protect them through it all. I think that word there is, 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 is just beautiful. So verse 32 and 3. Yeah, in this thing you did not believe Yahweh who went in the way before you to search out the place to pitch your tent in fire by night so that you would um, show by way you should go and in a day. I was just looking at this, Robert. I just want to show you this. Um, this previous slide, we see this word Nasa used and... Um, where it is, it's in verse 31, it said, and in the wilderness where you have seen that Yahweh can bore you as a man bears his son in all the way you went in this place. And that word bore is nasa, and it means to lift, to carry, to to bear. We see it in he, Isaiah 40, 11, he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom. And it's just beautiful how Yah will lift us up. He will protect us. Yeah, I mean, he's making it very clear. He is our father. He certainly very, is. very clear. <laughs> he certainly is. He's got that love for his children, and he just wants to protect us. And, and that's why we have the commandments, because they're for our good, they're for our protection, and people don't see that. People see it as a restriction or a burden on us, but really it's all for our own protection. You know, when right. you have children yourself, you want you don't want them to get hurt. You don't want them to... To go astray and, and you try and you try and keep them safe and that's what Yah wants for us. He wants us to be safe. He wants us to be close to him. Well, isn't it funny every time we try to fight against a, a, a you know a, a rule or a law or you know something that the father sets down and says you must do this to have this and we fight against it and we always lose. But when we when we are wise and follow the father's instructions even if we don't understand or even if we don't want to how how the outcome of it is always excellent yeah it, it, it's always good we, we just can't never see it until the outcome is actually there and that's that blind faith that you were talking about a little bit yeah we're, we're very short-sighted aren't we we've got to see it so we we I like said we need to have that blind faith. We need to, we need to, um, we need to trust in Yahweh, not in our own understanding. Absolutely. So, verse thirty-two and thirty-three. So, in this thing you did not believe Yahweh who went in the way before you to search you out a place to pitch your tents in in fire by night to show you what you should go and a cloud by day. So, we see that unbelief is stopping them. They're forgetting all the miracles that he's performed, and in the book of Hebrews, we see that this unbelief is likened to an evil heart. 312 Hebrews, it says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you, so unless there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living Elohim. So we see that evil heart of unbelief. And we cannot please Yah through disbelief. Hebrews 11:6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to Elohim must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So we need to make sure that we do have that belief. And like there's there's many people around, not so much on our walk, 
but those in in the in the in the Christian uh, circles and and possibly the Catholic ones that that say they believe in Yah, uh, but they don't believe all the Bible. They believe that some of it was maybe you know exaggerated or you know he didn't really create the world in seven days. They still hold on to the the beliefs of the world evolution and 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 these other things and. You know, uh, me and Catherine have been looking at things recently about the flood, and there's there's some people that um, say, "Oh, it was a local flood; it wasn't a global flood." And and it's it really is. Um, you're not having that full belief. You're saying that you believe, but you truly don't believe in your. You do. You don't believe that he's he everything he says and every word that he's done. So we must be careful that we truly believe. They like say that that blind faith is is so important. Or even worse, Lee, how about the how about the ones that say they believe in in Yah, but then believe in evolution also? It, it's it's oh. it's it's mind boggling, isn't it? <laughs> Whoa! Wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, that's a little contradictory, don't you think? It certainly is. Yeah, they uh, they they skip over the first two chapters in Genesis, or they <laughs> they try to make it. Oh, so each day's a billion years or something crazy? I don't know, but yeah, it's. Yeah. They like say it's it's mind boggling. It, it really is, and um, especially it's if they're just they're just they're they're bought into the lies of the world, and as well when you research these things, you'll know there's no truth to them. They're all theories. There's no truth to them. There's more proof and truth to a young Earth. There's more proof to a, to a global flood. There's more proof to all these things, and and Yard's word being a hundred percent true. But people. You know, they're ignorant. They don't want to know. They, they, they're they scared of how the world will look at them. And it really, um, it's heartbreaking, really, because there are people out there that that, that that say they love and they know you are, but they don't truly have that faith. They don't truly believe every word that is said. Oh, Shabbat Shalom, Aja. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're having a blessed Sabbath. So we will now go to the next slide. So the word for believed is a man, which is H539, probably to build up or support, to foster as a parent or nurse, to render, to be firm or faithful, to trust or believe, to, to believe something is true. Amen, Rivka. Amen. And we see... Romans 14, 23, for whatever does not perceive, proceed from faith is sin. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. It's a great verse that. So we see this word, a man, and that's that word that's used for believed. And we see it's the Aleph, the ox, the leader or Yah. We have the Mem again, that blood or that water, mighty in chaos. And we see that Nun, the sun, the seed, the air or life so to truly believe is to know that yah saved us through that blood and water of the sun so we see that we've seen it before with some of those words we looked at understanding and we, we see it here it's that belief is, is knowing that yah sent his son to save us through his death shabbat shalom thank you for joining us shabbat shalom so I've got a bit of reading now to do. So, and Yahweh heard the voice of your words and was wroth and towards seven oh saying, surely you shall not go of these men of this evil generation 
see that good land which I swore seven oaths to give unto your fathers, save Caleb the son of Jephunneh, he shall see it, and to him will I give the land that he has trodden upon, and to his children, because he was wholly followed, he has wholly followed Yahweh. And Yahweh was angry with me for your sake, saying, You also shall not go hither. But Yahusha, the son of Nun, which stands before you, he shall go hither. Encourage him, for he shall cause Yasharel to inherit it. More for your little ones, which you said should be a prey, and your children, which in the day had no knowledge between good and evil, they shall go in thither and go into the well, and unto them will I give it, and they shall possess it. But as for you, turn you and take your journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. Then ye answered and said unto me, We have sinned against Yahuwah. We will go up and fight according to all that Yahuwah commanded us. And when you have girded on every man with his weapons for war, you were ready to go up to the hill. And Yahuwah said unto me, saying to them, Go not up, neither fight, for I am not among you lest you be smitten before your enemies. So I spoke unto you, and you would not hear, but rebelled against the commandment of Yahuwah, and went pre presumptuously up into the hill. And the Emerim which dwelt in the mountain came out against you, and chased you, as bees do, and destroy you in Seir, even unto Koma. And you returned and wept before Yahuwah, but Yahuwah would not hearken to your voice, nor give ear unto you. So you abode in Kadesh many days according unto the days that you abode then. And this is talking about that account. I believe it's Numbers 14. Um, I believe it's Numbers 14, possibly going into 15, I'm not 100% sure, uh, where they gave the evil report. The people then said, we can't go in, we can't go up against these people, uh, even though Yahweh told them to. And they said, no, we can't go up. And then so Yah tells them, Okay, you will not enter the promised land because you have not believed me. Then all of a sudden, when they hear about the blessings they're losing, they change their mind. We say, we will go, we will go and fight. But Yah tells them, I'm not going to be with you. Moshe stays, Aharon stays, the Ark of the Covenant, they all stay. These men go up and because of that disobedience, because of that unfaithfulness, they lose in this battle. So. Well, I'd mention that because I haven't put any uh, references into that. So throughout history, the people rebelled against Yahweh's commandments. We see this spoken of in Acts 7, 51. I think this is this is a Stephen's speech, I believe. You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You do also resist the Ruach HaKodesh as your fathers did. So do you. So throughout time, Yah's children have rejected him, have been disobedient, have rebelled against him. And the problem that we have is that we go in our own timing. I think as we've, we've mentioned before, we either go too early, we either go too late. We don't go in yard timing and we must have that patience. And I know Catherine spoke about this about at the beginning of the week, having that patience. Psalm 27, 14, wait on El Yahweh, be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on El Yahweh. Galatians 6, 9, and let us not be weary in, do, in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And we should always trust in Yah's plan that he has for us. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts I have towards you, says Yahweh, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. So we really need to make sure that we are going in Yah's time and we're doing what Yah asks when he does. We don't change it to fit our, you know, 
to mould to our will. You know, you're asked to do something. Oh, well, I'm just going to do this first and then I'll get to that. Or I want to do that next week. So I'll do what you're asking me to do first. Yeah. And we need to make sure that we are walking in line with Yar and his time. And we need to have that patience as Catherine spoke about earlier this week. So I'm finding there's, there's many, many lessons in this first chapter um, that we need to have ourselves from this time in the wilderness. So that was the end of chapter one. Now we're on chapter two. So verse one and two. Then we turned and took our journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. As Yahweh spoke unto me, and we compassed Mount Seir many days. And Yahweh spoke unto me, saying, You have compassed this mountain long enough. Turn ye northward. So the 40th year in the wilderness now, and we will look at the, this will be recapping the event of Numbers chapter 20 and 21. And what's interesting about this, um, I don't really have an explanation for this. So if anybody does, uh, please put it in the comments. This this word northward, I found very interesting. It's, it's saffon. And it says properly hidden, that is dark, used only of the north as a quarter. Uh, it says north, northern. You see it with northern wind as well it's used. And the root word is saffon as well. It's spelled the same. And that definition says to hide a treasure, treasure or store up. So I just found it very interesting. You know, he's telling them to go, go northward, turn northward. And this word, it's like it has this uh, connotation of having treasure or being hidden, uh, stored up. So it's, it's, it's possible that Yara is telling the people to head to the treasure of the promised land. Um, like I said, I didn't really have an answer for this, but I just found that very interesting, that word. It's Zephon. So if anybody has come across it before, um, anybody has any insight, please share that with us. Um, like I say, I don't claim to have the answers for all of this at all. Uh, I'm just trying my best, but um, I'm sure someone might have an idea on it. Oh, thank you, Rivka. It's, it's a very interesting word. It's a very interesting word. Not something that I was expecting when I looked at it, but... Um, but this, this idea of being hidden in a treasure and uh, stored by yard is quite, quite interesting. So verse 4 and 5. And command the people, saying, You are passed through the coast of your brethren, the children of Esau, which dwell in Seir, and they shall be afraid of you. Take you good heed unto yourselves thereof. Meddle not with them, for I will not give you of their land. No, not so much as a foot, foot breadth because I have given Mount Seir unto Esau for a possession. So in our life, people will fear us for our beliefs, but we are not to meddle with them. We're not to get into altercations with them. We're not to retaliate with them or force our beliefs on people. Our greatest witness is our life, our love, and the shalom that we live it with. We should, by all means, we should speak to people. We should, you know, people ask us questions. We should answer them, but we shouldn't be, you know, getting into, into arguments with people over it. You know, this word meddled means angered or stir up strife. So we shouldn't be stirring up strife. And we see Paul remove himself from these situations in Acts 19.9. It says, but when diverse were hardened and believed not, but spoke evil in the way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the Talmudim, disputing daily in the schools, of one tyrannous oh thank you amen asia definitely um yeah so we need to make sure that we're not 
we're not causing strife with people. That's not where we're to be. We're to be, we're to be humble and we're to be loving, we're to be compassionate towards others. You know, Yahushua even said, you know, pray and pray and love your enemy. You know, so we should make sure that we are just showing through our acts that light of Yahushua. So verse six and seven, you shall buy meat of them for money. You shall that they may eat and you shall also buy water for the money that ye may drink. For Yahweh has blessed you in all your works of your hand. He knows you're walking. You're walking through the, this great wilderness for these 40 years. Yahweh has been with you. You have lacked nothing. So Yah has provided for the people for 40 years. And if we stay true to Yah, live in accordance with Torah, we will lack nothing and our needs will be met. Philippians 4.19 But my Elohim shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Mashiach, Yahushua. And Matthew 6.32 and 33 For after all these things do the nations seek for you, but your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek ye the kingdom first of Elohim, and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And again, it's that having that patience, though, it's all done in yours timing. You know, we we could need stuff. We could want things, but it's all in yours timing. And we need to make sure that we're patient. <laughs> uh, it can't help but to laugh when we when we tell human beings to be patient. <laughs> you know, no, but you think about it, though. Um, you know, when we pray to God, or when we pray to Yah, forgive me, when we pray to Yah, um, we expect an answer right away. Mm. And we expect a yes or, well, we expect a yes answer. <laughs> but, but there's really, there's three answers that Yah gives us. There's a yes and no answer. So if we're, if we're, if we're very faithful and we understand how we pray to Yah and he answers us, He'll give us what we pray for, or he won't give us what he prays for. But the third answer that he gives us that we don't understand or hear is be patient. Be patient. A quick story. Do you mind? No. Real quick about that. It's a great point that you brought up. So real quick about my new job. When When I was told to call for an interview, I called I left a message and I did not receive a phone call back. So I prayed to Yah and said, Yah, if it's if it's your will, I'll call another time. If it's not your will, I will not call anymore. And I understand that this job is not for me. And so he did not impress upon me to call. So I thought the answer for my new job was no. And I said, I said, fantastic. That's great. I understand that's what your will is. I'll be happy where I am. Four weeks later, I got a phone call from the regional manager wanting to interview me. So Yah's answer wasn't no, like I thought it was. Yah's answer was, be patient, my son. But I didn't know that, right? I didn't understand that until four weeks later that that's what the answer was. Be patient. So that's kind of why I chuckled when you said that, because we don't understand that answer. We don't understand be patient as human beings, right? 
No, we don't as well. In four weeks, oh, that's a long, well, that's nothing to y'all, but that's a long time for us, isn't it? Four days, isn't it? <laughs> four hours, waiting four hours, let alone four weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, when when it, patience is a, it's a hard one for us to understand when it comes to y'all. Uh, no, it, it is. It's, that's, that's a great story. It's it's great how to see how you were patient and y'all provided for you. He he. He gave you that, you know, he, he supplied your needs with that, but it was, it's through patience. Yeah. He didn't just give me the interview. He, y'all gave me the job. Yeah. You know? and, and I started my new job two weeks ago. It's awesome. It's a great job. Yeah. So, so Amen. <laughs> that, that's a, it's a good lesson. No, it certainly is. And I know that me and Catherine at the moment are having to deal with a bit of patience with, uh, our house, which I won't go into, but uh, yeah, we're having to deal with a bit of patience. Um, but it's all, it's it's all, it's all uh, it's your building us, it's your molding us, it's your you know giving us these tools that we need to help us. So we've got to remember, like I say, patient, and everything's in yours timing. Like I say, it's hard for us when we live in the flesh, when we live in this world, to have that patience. But you know, when we are, we will be blessed for it. But thank you for sharing that with Robert. Thank you for sharing that with us, Robert. It's, uh, it's one, one of the things I'm going to be looking forward to with your your show is is the is scripture and then applying it to your life. You know, seeing that, just seeing it intertwined with your life, and I'm just um, I think it'll be such a blessing. As I've said, I'm really looking forward to it. Well, I definitely think it intertwined how the scriptures are intertwined with with all of our lives, and and, and that's the whole. What, what I'm trying to put out there, at least seriously, and, and I'm not a teacher at all. I mean, I'm just a, I'm just a guy. So I am. And, uh, and, and I, I, I hope everybody can learn to live with the scriptures and their life as Yah has commanded us to do. Yeah. Amen. We were, we're oh, sorry. I just need to plug this in. Yeah. None of us are, te- there's only one teacher. We must remember one teacher and that is Yahusha. None of us on here claim to be teachers. We're all just all together trying to work and just to try find out Yah's truth. Sorry, laptop was nearly dead. So yeah. just if you're wondering what I was doing then. <laughs> so verse eight and nine. And when we passed by from uh, from our brethren, the children of Esau, which dwelt in Seir, through the way of the plain of Elath, and from Etzion Giver, we turned and passed by the way of the wilderness of Moab. And Yahweh said unto me, Distress not the Moabim, neither contend with them in battle, for I will give, uh, I will not give unto you the land for a possession, because I have given it, given heir unto the children of Lot for a possession. So we see this compassion now of Yah that he has towards all the seed of Abraham, and which is what was just spoken of on the previous slide with Esau. Moab were the descendants of Lot. We see this in Genesis 19, 36, and 37. We see that this word possession is Yeshua, um, and it means something occupied, a conquest, a heritage, an inheritance, uh, a patrimony. Uh, so we see how Yah has provided for these descendants of, of of Abraham, Lot's children. He's given them this land. The same with Esau, he's given them this possession, and you know Israel were not to take off them. You know Yah still loved them, had this, and had set them in these places. I just thought that was wonderful to see there. Uh, I'm not sure if everybody's seen, but we've got emails up. Um, 
I'll just put them on the on the screen for you to see. Uh, this is if um, to contact uh, Heart of the Tribe. We have that. Uh, I reckon it must be for the the Telegram groups as well to get in contact with anybody. So if you can make a note of that, and also we have uh, myself and Catherine at Blood and Land Ministries blm at gmail.com um, if you have any questions any fellowship you want uh, telegram graph telegram group links please e feel free to email and we will get in touch with you as soon as we can so now now we get into some interesting stuff now as well so verse 10 and 11 and the emerine dwelt there in times past a great people and many and tall as the Amalekim. Oh, sorry, so what's this? Uh, I this for. Shell Wagner has a big study on the word hidden. Is the name given to Yosef in Egypt by Pharaoh. A word document will be posted to the Telegram groups if you do not have to. Oh, awesome. Thank you very much for that, Shell. So anybody who's interested in, in finding that word document, um, get on the Telegram groups, and then you'll, you'll, you'll have access to that. So thank you very much. Sorry, I must have missed that before. So verse 10 and 11. So the Emery dwelt there in times past a great tall and many a great people and many and tall as the um, Anakalim, which also were counted Rephaim as the Anakim, but the Movim called them Emim. I think that Emim means terror as well. I haven't put it on here, but when I was looking at it, I think it means terrible or terror. Um, so the Rephaim were the giants, that seed that lasted through the flood and Everybody can have different beliefs on how how it lasted. Um, I believe it's possible that it lasted it, 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 that uh, DNA uh, that's that that giant DNA was that corrupted DNA was in Ham's wife, and that's where um, these giants came from. You see them through the line of Ham, uh, some of the offspring there. When you go through the the, uh, the lineages, you see how in some of these you have uh, Raphaims. Um, so the word Rafa that's used here, H7497, which is what it comes from. It says, uh, Brown Driver Briggs, definition, giants, Rephaim, old tribe of giants. And what's interesting is that this is the same spelling for the word Yahuwah Rafa. You know, Rafa, when we look at that, they're both spelt the same. And it is to mend, the stitching up, to cure, to repair us, to make us whole, we, we think when Yahweh called himself Yahweh Rafa because he, he heals us. So I found it quite interesting that these words were spelt the same. And we actually have another word as well. To make it Eim as well, the Raphaim, it's just uh, you add that Yod and that Mem on the end. It's like gives it plurality. Like with the title of this, we have uh, Debarim, Debarim. It's um, you have the bar and the, the Yod and the Mem on it makes Mem on it makes it um, plural. So the other word, that we see, which is quite interesting, is it's Rafa again, but it's H7496. And it says for this one, uh, uh, probably lacks that is a ghost, dead in plural, dead or deceased. So, what's interesting about this word meaning ghost is that some believe that the ghosts that we have today, or ghosts, or spirits, or demons, or whatever you want to call them. If you believe in that, some believe that these are giants or fallen watchers that died during the flood. Um, so it's interesting that we see this link to this word Raphael, Raphaim, and to a word dead, 
which is quite interesting to thought. And we are told, obviously, that we are in spiritual battle, Ephesians 6, 12. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So it's quite interesting how we see this word Rapha for the Raphaim, for the giants, but we also see it uh, meaning dead as well. So just quite an interesting link there. And I'm not sure what... Um, your thoughts are on the Giants at all, Robert? Have you looked into it before or um, had an opinion on it? Um, you know, I don't. I've I've done a little bit of studying on the Giants. Um, I mean, as silly as it may sound, I've watched some some good history shows from liable sources that have actually dug up the bones of some of these giants in some of the other countries. Um, you know, but you know, other, other than knowing that they are the fallen watchers, that they are the, that they were very evil. You know, I, I haven't looked into it a whole lot, so I don't have a lot to say about them, but yeah, I know it wasn't good. No, yeah, definitely. I 100% <laughs> agree with you there. It's not good. But yeah, um, I know I've I've watched a bit of Rob Skeever in the past, obviously, um, and he 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 focuses a lot on the Giants. Um, yeah, I have a book here by him. Um, you know where it's it's got Genesis, Enoch, Joshua, and Jubilees, and it talks about the Giants. Yeah, I got that book. Um, so. You know, obviously, we know that they came from the, the Fallen Watchers. Um, but besides that, yeah, I haven't... I looked at it a bit, but I didn't want to research it too much because, obviously, there's probably more important things to be focused on in Scripture. Well, well, there's a lot there. With, with I mean, I, I think it's pretty important. And it's not something that I've uh, studied a lot, but I, I do think it's an important um, section to look into for sure of course I've, as we said i think all of it's very important yeah yeah i think I, I think it's i think it's skipped over a lot yeah well yeah people don't like to admit it do they they don't like to look at genesis 6 and talk about the flood and the reason for the flood you know exactly and, exactly. and those are the exact points i was just going to bring up we're both on the same page there that you know no, nobody really wants to talk about that except for people like us that are on this show today and, and people of like minds, we all know it's true. Yeah. You know, but you go out in the world and you start bringing this stuff up and, and they're going to lock you up into a psychiatric ward or something, you know, think you're crazy, even though it says it right in the Bible. Yeah. You know? And again, but that's what you were talking about in the beginning of the show where there's, you know, people who claim to be believers, but they just want to pick and choose what they want to believe, yeah. you know, and they, they see something about the fallen watchers and they say, oh, that can't be. That's just myth. No, it's not myth. It's written in the word. No, I know. No, so. No, amen. They say people trying to pick and choose what they believe and just take away, just diminish the word of y'all really, don't they? Yeah. So verse 12 to 16, and the Chorim also dwelt in Seir before time, but the children of Esau succeeded them when they had destroyed them 
from before them and dwelt in their stead as Yahshurel did unto them, uh, unto the land of his possession, which Yahweh gave unto them. Now rise up, said I, and get ye over the brook Zered. And we went over the brook Zered and the space in which we came from Koresh Banal until we were come unto brook Zered was 30 and 8 years until all generations of the men of war were wasted out from among the host as Yahweh swore seven oaths unto them. For indeed the hand of Yahweh was against them to destroy them from among the host until they were consumed so that it came to pass that the men of war were consumed and dead from among the people. And the next slide. And Yahweh spoke unto me, saying, You are you are to pass over through Er, the coast of Moab this day. And when you come nigh over against the children of Ammon, distress them not, nor meddle with them, for I will not give you of the land of the children of Ammon any possession, because I have given it unto the children of Lot, for our possession. So again, we see this, that we're not to meddle with the people, we're not to take their possession. They were descendants of Lot, again, the seed of Abraham. And we see that in Genesis 19, 38. You know, Ammon is the, the youngest son of Lot. So Deuteronomy 20, verse uh, 2, verse 20. They also was accounted the land of Rephaim. Rephaim dwelt there in old times, and the Amorim called them Zanzamim. So again, we see that all these different um all these different uh nations these different peoples they all had uh, just different names for these giants we've seen that so then carrying on verse 21 to 25 and a great people are many and tall as the Anakim, but yahweh destroyed them before them and they succeeded them and dwelt in their steed as he did to the children of esau which dwelt in seir when he destroyed the Horim from before them, and they succeeded them and dwelt in their steed even unto this day. And the Avim, which dwelt in Hatzarim, even unto Gaza, and the Kafratim, which came forth out of Kafdor, destroyed them and dwelt in their steed. Rise up, rise ye up, take your journey and pass over the river Arnon. Behold, I have given unto your hand Sihon, the Emory, king of Shezbron. And his land begin to possess it and contend with him in battle. This day will I begin to put your the dread of you and the fear of you upon the nations that are under the whole heaven, and uh, who shall hear report of you and shall tremble and be in anguish because of you. So we see the fear of Yah and his and his people will spread through the nations, and it's Yah that's doing this. It's it's not anything the people are doing, but it's Yah that's putting this fear upon the people yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to to catching that as well on telegram later i'll be looking at that that'll be a very interesting read so thank you very much shell for making that available for everyone so so why will you put this fear in people and it's because they're obedient and they obey him we see it's in exodus 23 25 onwards and you shall serve yahweh and he shall bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away uh, from the midst of you. There shall nothing cast your young, nor be barren in your land. The number of your days I will fulfill. I will send my fear before you, and will destroy all the people to whom you shall come, and I will make all your enemies turn their backs unto you. 
We see Second Chronicles chapter 17, 9 and 10 as well. And then they taught in Yahuda and had the Sefer of the Torah of Yahuwah with them and went out throughout all the cities of Yahuda and taught the people. And the fear of Yahuwah fell upon all the kingdoms of the land that were round about Yahuda so that they made no war against Jehoshaphat. Um, so we see that um, we see that when and Jehoshaphat was that one we mentioned before that was uh, put the judges in and said, you know, do the will of Yah, do right rulings. So we see that he was very obedient with Yah and he was teaching the Torah. And through this, Yah put that fear on the nations around. Uh, so Yah says, because of you, the fear of you, but it is the fear of Yah they have. And knowing that Yah dwells and protects his people, that's what that fear does to these other nations. And we saw that when we looked at uh, Balaam and Balak, King Balak feared because he'd heard the reports of these people whose, Yah, whose Elohim was was mighty and powerful and that gave him victory over the enemies so we see that fear that you puts on people is associated with being obedient verse 26 to 30 and i sent messengers out of the wilderness of kadamath unto sikon king of heshbon with words of peace saying let me pass through your land i will not go along by the highway. I will neither turn unto the right hand nor to the left. You shall sell me meat for money that I may eat and give me water for uh, water for money that I may drink. Only I will pass through on my feet as the children of Esau which dwelt in Seir and the Moabim and which dwelt in Earth did unto me until I shall pass over the Yardon into the land which Yahweh gives us. But Sikon, king of Sheshbon, would not let us pass by him, for Yahweh hardened his ruach and made his heart obstinate that he might deliver him into your hands, as appears this day. So you see that, interestingly, it says that Yah hardened his ruach. You know, Yah did this as a witness for his power. He was a, he was a giant. So through doing this and delivering them to the people, it would be a witness to the other nations. And we see... Uh, the witness of Yah's true power and glory. And we see this in Exodus with Pharaoh 11.10 and many other times it says, Moshe and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh and Yahweh hardened Pharaoh's heart. So we see that you know, each time he hardened his heart, he would perform, Yah would perform another miracle. So he's just acting as more witnesses to his power and glory. And it's quite interesting. We see that sometimes, especially in scripture, we read how Yah hardens the heart of the enemy it's, it's Yah's will that makes them to do this to the enemy. And um, it's very interesting sometimes to think of, to try and get your head around that Yah, Yah does that. He, he hardens people's hearts to make them, um, you know, crueler in a sense, maybe. Yeah, but, in order in order to prove a point, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. To just be a witness for him and his, uh, his power and his glory and his might. Yeah. So we'll see now that these kings would attack the children of Yasharel because of the fear that they have uh, for us and, and Yah. So, yeah. So, and we will face that in our lives. We'll have many events. Um, so we've seen that in our lives. Sorry, just getting my, showing you my words out. So uh, throughout history, you know, uh, people will like to say differently, but there's been many genocides throughout history and the most persecuted people are people that believe in Yah, whether it's they use the right name or not, it's those that believe in Yah and Yahusha are the most persecuted people. And you can just search it in a in a search engine and you'll get article after article about 
all the genocides that happened against them, um, true Bible believing people. And, it, um, you know, they, they don't like to really admit that, you know, the mainstream or whatever, but it's the truth. We are the most persecuted people and we know it will come again. We see in 2 Timothy 3.11, persecutions, afflictions, which come unto me at Antioch, at Iceum, at Lystra, and persecutions I endured, but out of them all Yahweh delivered me, yea, and all that will live righteously in Mashiach, Yahusha, shall suffer persecutions. Hear the word of Yahweh, ye that tremble at his word, your brethren that hated you, that cast you out for my name's sake, said, let Yahweh be glorified, but he shall appear to you uh, to your joy. And you shall, and they shall be ashamed. And Matthew ten twenty two, and they, and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endures to the end shall be saved. And it's 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 very interesting, and and some people find it, you know, it scare people off sometimes. But you know, we are going to be persecuted. We are going to be we face afflictions and trials and tribulations and hated for our beliefs. And sometimes that might turn people away and. But it's what's to happen. And, you know, some people might say, well, why? Why? You know, you, you believe in Yah and you want to follow Yah. Why is he not protecting you and that? But when when you think of what happened to Yahushua and, and, the, and the, the, the what he went through, then what we can face is nothing compared to that, really. That's true. So... And Yahweh said unto me, Behold, I have begun to give Sikon and his land before you. Begin to possess that you may inherit his land. Then Sikon came out against us, he and all his people, to fight at Yahutz. And Yahweh delivered him before us, and we smoked him and his sons and all his people. And we took all his cities at that time and utterly destroyed the men and the women and the little ones of every city. We left none to remain. Only the cattle we took for a prey to ourselves and the spoil of the cities we, which we took from Ara, which is by the brink of the river of Arnon, and from the cities that is by the river, and even unto Gilad, there was none, one city too strong for us, Yahweh who delivered and all unto us. Only unto the place of the children of Ammon you came out, nor unto any place of the river Yabuk, nor unto the cities, into the mountains, nor unto whatsoever Yahweh forbade us. So it is believed that this king, this Sikon, was a giant. Um, and he was the king of the Emmerine. And Yah commands that all the people be destroyed. But we know that Yah is merciful and that the children and women were to be saved and spared during war. However, these people had that corrupted giant DNA that we spoke about from the incursion before the flood. Therefore, Yah instructs all to be destroyed. And we see this in Deuteronomy 20.17. But you shall utterly destroy namely the Shittayim and the Emorim, the Kenaim, the Perizim, the Shivayim and the Yuvalim, and Yahweh has commanded you. So we see, um, we see these, because of that corrupted DNA, these are all to be destroyed. And thank you, Rivka. Yeah, Revelation 12, 11, they all came by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. Amen. And I spoke about this last night, that that fear we we should be prepared to face that tribulation, that persecution. You know, there's many people throughout history, throughout scripture that didn't care about their own lives. They'd rather die and stay true to Yah than to succumb to the world and, and to forsake Yah. And it's, it's, a very, it's a very difficult thing to get your head around. It's, when you're in a situation, I'm sure it must be incredibly difficult, but it's something that we really need to make sure that we try and 
and teach ourselves to be um because that time may come in our in our lifetimes you know we're not sure what's going to happen but we need to make sure that no matter what we have that um that testimony of yahushua and we stay true to that word yeah why well, do all this if we're not going to stay true to that word right like amen amen i mean, I mean seriously i mean let, let's let's face the let's let's be realistic about it you know i i'm a real i'm a realist me personally and the whole reason why i'm living trying to live a faithful true life today because i am i do have that fear of yah i have that great fear of yah as to what's going to happen when our time comes and uh i care today about that you know i mean i i care you know i i, I don't want to go down i want to go up <laughs> yeah. yeah and i agree with rivka amen robert amen yeah. it is it's um like you said what why are we doing all this if if we're not gonna stay true to it and you know just keep on that path and you know, if we're just going to succumb and fall to the flesh and fall to the world when times get difficult, like you say, what is what is the point in all of it? Yeah, just just go out and do it now. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, why are you messing around with it? You know, we got to get serious about this. I mean, we we do have to be serious about this. I mean, what what do we want? What what outcome do we want? And each person is going to be different, hmm. no doubt about it. But I know in this household. Me and my wife, we're we are everybody knows Shell. You guys know my wife. Yeah. I mean, I mean, she's not joking around about this stuff. And and Lee, I mean, in, in your household, I mean, there's no, there's no joking around about this. I mean, we have fun with it, we laugh, and but the but the seriousness of it, if the scripture that you're reading today, Lee, boy, I, I hope everybody's really really taking this in because it's it is very serious about the story that's being told, you know, right now as to what you're reading, it's, it's some serious stuff. Yeah. It's fine. Like when we go through scripture at the moment, it's very relevant for our times, isn't it? You know, y'all gave us this word to help us during these times and to know what's to come. Um, as for me and my house, we serve Yahweh. Absolutely. Amen to that. So we are now then in, Chapter 3, the last chapter now, the last 22 verses. So we begin in verse 1 to 3. Then we turned and went up into Basham, the Og, and Og, the king of Basham, came out against us, he and all his people, to battle at Edri. And Yahweh said to him, Fear him not, for I will deliver him and all his people and his land unto your hand, and you shall do unto him as you did unto Sihon, king of the Amorim, which dwelt in, in Shadbron. So Yahweh Elohim delivered into, into our hands Og, also the king of Basham, and all his people, and we smote him until none was left to him remaining. So so again, they're told not to fear the giant, this Og of Basham, who was a giant. And we should not fear whatever giant we face in our lives, you know, like... Um, obviously not physical giants but you know that metaphorical giant uh, that giant that's put in our life we should make sure we don't fear it whatever you know 
those people around us, these people in high places, they're like giants to us because of the stature they've got, the money, the wealth they've got, how they try and place themselves up above you. We must make sure that we do not fear them or anything they can throw against us. Psalm 37, 39 and 40. But the salvation of the righteous is of Yahweh. He is their strength in their time of trouble. And Yahweh shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. And that's what he does for us. If we trust in him, he will deliver us. He will be that salvation for us. And you know what, Lee? I do think that there's some physical giants out there also that we do need to be worried about. Because the world's going crazy on us. It has. And all the protesting and the violence that, now uh, you know, you live in Wales. I live in United States of America. I don't know if there's any difference in the type of violence from one country to another, Lee. But I know here in America, you know, all, all forms of violence is, is rising up and showing itself in this country. And I do fear the physical giants as as well. Yeah. Well, no, praise you all for us that it's 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 at the moment it's nowhere near as bad where we live as what you have. But you see in your country as well that you know this wickedness, this this writing, this this violence is being perpetuated and allowed to 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 happen through these people in, in power. And it's, it's, it's the world that we live in now is truly is wicked and it's, it's upside down. You see, you know, we see how the violence and the wicked and the unrighteous, they are allowed to prosper. Whereas, you know, those that are righteous and humble are not, you know, they're being afflicted, they're being attacked, they're being beaten. And, uh, and, and there's no one there to, well, on this earth, there's no one there that's speaking their cause, really, is there? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So first four onwards, and he took all his cities at that time. That was not the city which he took. There was not a city which he took not from them. Three score cities. We see he took they had 60 cities, which is an incredible amount. All the region of Argov, the kingdom of Og in Basham, all the all these cities were fenced with high walls and gates and bars besides the unwalled towns and many, a great many. And we utterly destroyed them as we did unto Sikon, king of Shezbon, utterly destroying the men, women and children of every city. But all the cattle and the spoil of the cities we took for a prey to ourselves. And we took at that time out of the hand of the two kings of the Emerine, the land which was on the side of the Yardon from the river of Arnon unto Mount Sh Shermon, which Shimon the Zidaim call Shiron and Emerine call it Shinar, all the cities of the plain and of Gilead and all Bashan and Kalka and Adri, cities of the king of Og in Bashan. For only the Og, oh, for only Og the king of Bashan remained of the remnant of the Rephaim. Behold, his bedstead was a bedstead of iron. It is not in Rabbath of the children of Ammon. Nine cubits was the length thereof, and four cubits the breadth of it after the cubit of a man. So here we see it states that Og was the only giant to remain from this remnant. However, we will read of giants later on in, in 1 Samuel with uh, obviously Goliath and David. We'll read of giants there. 
So, um, and when we look at these measurements, we have two two measurements at the moment, which we're not 100% sure on what is referred to as a qubit in, in these books that Moshe wrote. So we have either the qubit, which is 18 inches. That's the qubit which many believers use, which is used uh, for, uh, I think they got it from Hezekiah's tunnel, eight, about 18 inches. So with that, his bed would have been about 13.5 feet in length and six feet wide. So quite big. Whereas if it was the royal qubit, uh, which is even bigger, that's the one which is from Egypt, which Moshe could have used. Some people believe that that is the qubit that's used for the ark measurements. Um, that's a royal qubit. That would be 20.6 inches. So therefore, his bed would be about 14.45 feet in length and 6.87 feet wide. So, yeah, he was a big boy. Yeah, how about looking up at that one, huh? Yeah. Well, wow. we, see, we see how Yard delivered them, and we see how, how much land they got from them. And this is because yeah. they were walking in that obedience now. We've seen at the beginning of the 40 years, they, they didn't want to know they had that fear, but now they have that faith, and we see how Yar is delivering them. So it is, uh, it's incredible to see all these things, which all these people and these enemies that Yard delivered them from. So it is, it's it's wonderful to see. Yeah. Verse 12 now to 17. And the land which we possessed at that time from Ara, which is by the river Arnon, and half Mount Gilead, and the cities thereof gave I unto Reuvenim and the Gadim and the rest of Gilead and all Bashan, being the kingdom of Og, gave it into the half tribe of Manasseh, all the region of Argov, with all Basham, which was called the land of Rephaim. Yeah, wow, wow, Asia. And and it's believed that these were actually the smaller ones. <laughs> you know, the time <laughs> of Noah's time, it's believed wow. that they were a lot bigger. If you look at the Book of Enoch, wow, there's some sizes in there. If they're accurate, that is, you know, Jack, Jack and the Beanstalk giant type. You know, that is really, <laughs> really big if you look at the Book of Enoch. But yeah, even, even this guy is big. You know, when you think of David slaying Goliath, the size difference there—it's—it's it's incredible what Yah can do for those that truly believe in Him. Can take Amen to that. defeat anybody if you've got Yah with you. That's right. So, verse fourteen: Yair the son of Manasseh took all the country of Argov unto the coast of Gizri and Maakhefi, and called them after his own name, Bashan, Shavoth, Yara, unto this day. And I gave Gilad unto Machir and unto the Reuvenim and. And unto the Gileadim, I gave to Gilead, even to the river Arnon, half the valley, and the border even unto the river Yabuk, which is the border of the children of Ammon, the plain also, and the Jordan, and the coast thereof, from Kenneroth, even unto the sea of the plain, even the sea so, under Ashtoreth, Hap, Pika, eastwards. And so, then what this is referring to is how we, we looked at last week, how you know, Gad and Reuben and half the tribe of Manasseh wanted to stay on that side of the Yardon because it was good land for their cattle. Now, this is where they are. So this is this is what they're referring to. And well, they'll talk about it here now as well. And I commanded you at the time saying, Yahweh Hakim has given you this land to possess it. You shall possess over arm before your brethren, the children of Yasharel, all that are meat for the war. But your women and your children and your cattle, for I know that you have much cattle shall abide in your cities, which I have given you until Yahweh has given rest unto your brethren, as well as unto you. And until they are possessors, until they also possess the land, which Yahweh, Oh, let's put that back in. Sorry about this. Um, 
until Yahweh has given rest unto your brethren as well as you, and until they all possess the land which Yahweh has given them beyond the Yardon, and then shall you return every man into his possession which I have given you. And I commanded Yahushua at the time, saying, Your eyes have seen all that Yahweh has done unto these two kings, so shall Yahweh do unto all the kings wherein you pass. You shall not fear them, for Yahweh shall fight for you. And that's the last verse of this Torah portion. I think that's a wonderful way to, to end it, really. It says, you shall not fear. Um, so again, he ends by reminding the people how he delivered them from the hands of these two king giants. And if he defeated the giants for them, they need not fear anybody else. And the word for fight for is used during the Exodus. We see Exodus 14, 13. And Moshe said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still and see the Yeshua of Yahweh, which he will show you today. For the Mitzrayim whom you have seen today, ye shall not see them again no more forever. Yahweh shall fight for you and shall hold your peace. Zechariah 14, 3. Then shall Yahweh go forth and fight against these nations as when he fought in the day of battle. And when we truly follow Yah, then we know that no one can defeat us. What shall we say? Romans 8.31. What shall we say to these things? If Elohim be for us, who can be against us? 1 John 4. For you are of Elohim, little children, have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen, Rivka. Yahweh will fight for you. Hallelujah. That's the good news of the day right there. It certainly is. Right? It certainly is. So just knowing that, it's wonderful, isn't it, that if we, yeah. if we walk in that obedience, you will. So through just recapping then, because it seems like there's been a lot of messages in this these first three chapters of Deborine for, for us. So we've seen that we should walk in that blind faith, doing what Yah has asked us to do. We should not question him with our own understanding. We should have that patience to go and move in your timing and not on our own. We should not fear the battles in our lives. We should not fear those that come against us. We should not fear those giants that rise up against us. Because when we fear, we murmur, we become bitter and rebellious. But we should be obedient to Yah and he will fight for us. Wow. That's Just, good stuff right there, Lee. That's awesome. It really is. It really has come forth today. Um, I believe that is it. Yeah. That's, that's good stuff right there. It's, um, I feel like there's so much in that that people have been talking about this week. People have been talking about being patient and not fearing. And I just think it's it's incredible how that was in this Torah portion. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, we need to be encouraged, be strong, be courageous. Amen. Yeah, I mean, and everything we talked for the last two hours, and then you already had it right there at the end. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's amazing, you know. I, I, I just I just felt that like there was so much in this. It needed like a recap at the end, just because there were so many points. It just it just needed that to just. That was awesome. I mean, you had it all right there. <laughs> Lee. I mean, I can't believe man, you do such a good job with all that. Oh no, you've done a great job today. I love having uh, you on me. Yeah, I'm just here for the ride, brother. You're doing all the work. Oh no, well, you definitely bring something to it. I tell you, it's a lot better with with you on here than if it would be me by myself. I tell you that. 
Oh, well, I appreciate that. But Rivka and Asia, and I mean, everybody that's been on the comments, everybody, I don't mean to leave anybody out. Everybody that's there, I mean, it's just, it's just wonderful. Wonderful to get together for a couple of hours on this Shabbat and being able to share the word and, and you know what I love, Lee, is the positiveness that you bring forth from the scriptures into our lives. And I thank you for that. I really do. That's that's really what gets me going. I, I want that positiveness in my life. And I know everybody else does, too. And you bring that out of the scriptures. And it's awesome. I love it. Oh, thank you, brother. Thank you very much. It is, it's such a blessing. Just, just being able to do this with, with views and like you say, the people in the comments, it's, it's, it's wonderful. It feels like such a, it's just a lovely fellowship, you know, we're just here and we're just going through the scripture together. And I just, it's absolute, uh, such a blessing to have every week. And, and I love that me and James have been able to switch back and forth, which is, I, I think that's really cool. I mean, that, that, cause James brings so much into everything also. Uh, so it's, it's really been a lot of fun to watch it what's what's uh taking place here how this is growing uh my understanding though is from what i heard from my wife shell she said she's kicking me and james out next week and taking over because she said the scriptures were so interesting oh, okay. <laughs> she wanted to be a part of it now i don't i may be telling on her right now but that's okay <laughs> that's what marriage well, <laughs> shell has always got so much to bring so i would oh, yeah, not say does. no to i would not say no to shell being on here with me I learned so much from shell oh but, gosh yeah, you always got it it's it's so uh it's it's just so wonderful like you say just everybody brings something different everybody looks and interprets scripture different you yeah know, the people it's just like i say i just i just love it i love being able to just um just have this time with everybody it's a true blessing well we appreciate all the hard work you put into it every single weekend we really do and um and uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna be back tomorrow morning um the word yeah. for uh, uh mercy port forth i'll be back tomorrow morning and the good word of the day coming out of the scriptures for tomorrow morning is self-confidence oh what i'm I like that. with us tomorrow morning no i think that's a good one i think that's that's something yeah. that we, we could all all have i know i could do with that definitely um i do enjoy do you enjoy listening to you on a Sunday? I, I'm in work at that time, so I, I stick my headphones on. I listen to you, and then I listen to Shell on Let's Talk Tour, and it's it helps you get through the day. I tell you that. Yeah, awesome. It certainly does. So I thank you very much for joining me again. Uh, Robert's new show is on Wednesday, uh, this Wednesday, seven p.m. Eastern Standard Time, twelve p.m. or twelve a.m. Uh, midnight <laughs> in the UK, whatever you want to say it. So. Uh, please check that out. It's uh, it really is going to be really it's going to be such a blessing. I, I really do think you're going to help so many people um, with with what you bring forward and your story, and your truth. So I really look forward to that. And real quick, I don't know if we're we're supposed to be announcing it. You know, I think there's a couple of new shows coming up, getting ready to start. Also, underneath the heart of the tribe, I know uh, Laura Lee also bringing forth um, a sobriety message i'm not exactly too sure what the name of her show is or anything but laura lee what she's going to bring to uh to help people with needs also is going to be awesome and nisay moshe also is gonna i think it has a new show coming up so i think we've got a lot going on lee and 
And I think yeah. this platform is really building up to be something really awesome. So everybody out there, please uh, please start looking for all these new shows and support everybody. And I, I think if we got something going on here. It's going to be awesome. No, it really is. I think I think that I don't think that this week. I think it might be the next week or the week after. Yeah, a couple um, of weeks, right? But but yeah, when, once they're once they're coming out, I'm sure uh, Shell will have them on um, reports under the desk. Or if not, we'll be making sure that we talk about them, promote them on all our shows going forward. So it's uh, like I said, it's very exciting times at the moment. It's it really starting to snowball, and it is really starting to come, yeah. come together. Chris with out of Africa and your show, no, yeah. James so and Lee, 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 Lee. I mean, God, I mean, there's just so much, so much going on from all over the world too, which is really cool. Um, I know no, it is, isn't it? You know, so uh, just a lot of interesting things, and uh, what a great platform this is, Lee. That that Shell and the girls have have gotten together, and you know they started all this. Shell and the girls, they they all got together and started this platform. And I want to I want to speak about that just for a quick second. No, of course, no, go for it. These girls are knocking it out of the park. Shell and Lee and uh, Melissa from Af South Africa and Cat, your wife. I mean, I don't want to forget about the women about how strong and that they are as to what they are doing and allowing us guys to come mm -hmm. on here and do our stuff too. So, so what a blessing, what a blessing in life. To piggyback off their hard work. <laughs> we, we jump on. No, they they've done so much. Um, and you know, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here talking now. So uh, absolutely praise y'all for the, for the wonderful women and the strong, courageous women of the word that he's put in our lives. Yeah, and, and all the women out there, all the strong women out there, I, I give you all the glory, all the blessings, and thank you. Thank you for all the hard work that is. Yeah, awesome women of Yaz, right, Ripka? I mean, yeah. you know, it's all very important. You know, I, I think we all deserve some praise. I don't we think there's anything so, wrong with that. Yeah, we see so many as well in the comments. Um we just there's so many out there and i think it's nice as well because for, it seems like so long uh throughout history and throughout time you know people have, have, have misconstrued scripture misinterpreted scripture to say women shouldn't be able to speak uh, i know yeah and it, it, it's it's so wrong it doesn't matter if you're a woman or a man as long as you've got that that, that word as long as you've got something to bring forth and you, you want to speak about yours word it doesn't matter you know uh, your gender, your sex doesn't matter. Your man or woman, your age doesn't matter. As long as you're coming with that truth and that 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 circumcised heart for you are, that's all that matters. And um, come together. Well said, brother Lee. Well said. So I think that um, I'll pray, and then we'll I'll blow the show far, and we'll end. Like I, said, I could carry on talking for <laughs> so long. We could just be chatting on here for ages, but. Um, you know, I know you've got your Sabbath and you got, I've took you away from Shell now for about two and a half hours. Yeah. I'm sure she wants you back. We live with each other. It's okay. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure Catherine wants me back to uh, take over with the kids to give her a break. She's, um, I'm sure their uh, six yeah. kids are very testing. They are. They're, very testing. Right. They're wonderful, but testing. <laughs> okay. So I'll, uh, I'll pray and then we will uh, blow the show far. Then everybody can have a lovely Sabbath. So thank you all for joining me. Our Father, our Abbey, our Yahweh, Father, we come to you in Yahusha's name. Father, we 
We humble ourselves and we exalt you, Father. We glorify you. We praise your name. We declare your name. We thank you for everything you do in our lives, Father. Father, we thank you for this Sabbath day, this, this most glorious day, this prophetic day, which is a picture of that rest that we will get in Yahushua, that kingdom that is to come, Father. So we just thank you. Father, we thank you for the ability today to, to be able to just talk about your word, to be able to jump into your word and fellowship and speak together with friends, brothers and sisters in your truth. Father, we ask that you help fill us with your word and just fill us with your ruach, Father, helping us have that patience, helping us not fear man, but have that fear and reverence for you, helping us not be afraid of the world around us, but just give us that comfort, that shalom. Give us that covenant of shalom. Fill us with that shalom in our hearts that only you can give, Father, so that we know we can overcome all things through you. Father, we ask for your help daily as we crucify the flesh. We remove that flesh, those instincts, and we walk in the Ruach. We ask for your help every day because it's only through your strength that we are able to do these things. So, Father, we, we just ask for that. Father, we pray as always for your children around the world who are in relationships that are broken, that are unequally yoked, that are walking alone. Father, we just pray for them daily and we ask that you help heal those bonds, circumcise those hearts of the people around them, help them hear and know your truth, help them walk together with their partners and help them just have that love. And Father, if not, you just lead them to someone that can give them that, that they can just have a friend or someone to fellowship with someone to talk with and to, to spread your truth with, Father. We just ask that none of your children be alone. Father, we thank you for all the opportunities you're giving us. We thank you for the community that you're building in your name for us. We thank you for the fellowship we're having daily. It's such a blessing, and we just ask that you help it grow and continue. And, Father, we just ask that you continue to protect us always from this world, keep us on that narrow path to your to that gate, Father, to the door of Yahushua, and just allow him to open in and find us worthy to be washed in that blood. Our sins are as scarlet, but make them whiter than snow, Father. We just ask for that. We ask for that mercy. We ask for that forgiveness. We ask for your love and shalom. Father, we ask all for all these blessings in Yahushua's name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so thank you, everybody, for joining me. It really has been such a blessing and an honor to be able to spend my Sabbath with you. I hope you have enjoyed it. I hope you've enjoyed me and Robert here talking and be able to take something from it. Um, I thank you again. I Again, there's so many shows coming up. I ask that you part of the tribe tomorrow morning in America, 9.30 Eastern and 10 a.m. 9.30 a.m. You have John on, uh, Robert on, sorry, Robert <laughs> doing uh, Mercy Port 4. And then you have Shell on going through the new week's Torah portion. She'll be looking at the half Torah tomorrow, so please uh, join her with that. And then uh, keep an eye out for all the shows that are coming. They're just coming thick and fast at the moment. There's just so many, so we just ask you, to just to just join us in all of them and like i said make sure you check out robert's show on wednesday it really is going to be uh, something i'm truly excited for so at 7 p.m eastern standard time what midnight in the uk so thank you very much i will blow the show far and i hope you all have a wonderful sabbath shabbat shalom Shabbat shalom!